The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Well, that was one of the more bizarre and strange wins for VCU that I can remember for a very long time. It was just a weird, weird game from start to finish, but VCU won it, and it's weird because and it's strange because they end up winning by less than what they won against Howard, and yet I felt a lot better about this game, or at least watching this game, than I did the Howard game. But they were down at halftime, unlike the Howard game, and they got down as much as seven points. And and how many times do you see a team win a half by ten points like VCU did? And turned the ball over 17 times in one half of basketball. It was just, this This was ludicrous in so many respects. Here's another thing. V- VCU only gave up six rebounds in the whole half. Six! Remember the, remember the game a few times back when VCU barely had any rebounds? I think it was Memphis. They had something like six rebounds with three minutes left in the in the second half. Radford only got six rebounds the whole second half. And they were missing. And they were missing all the time. So they had plenty of opportunity. What was it? In the second half, Radford got three offensive rebounds in the second half. And VCU got six, and they missed six shots, which means VCU basically got an offensive rebound every time they missed. I don't even know what I don't even know how to explain it. By the way, welcome to Rams Rewind. If you're out listening in podcast land, thank you for listening. If you like what you hear and you want to d- donate a little dinero to us, like Kathy Carr did, thank you, Kathy Carr, for doing that. We shout you out because we forgot to do it last game. You know, we really appreciate it, my producer and I. When you do, we love doing this podcast, and we thank you for supporting it. Yeah, Josh Borum, it was it was very sloppy. But it, but the fun, that's the funny thing. In the first half, VCU was just VCU was doing some good things, but it was overruled. Like their oh their good things could not weigh their really terrible things. As a for instance, but like at halftime, they were plus one on the boards. They had eight turnovers, which is not great, but by VCU standards, it's not terrible. And they were and and. They were they were down and you were just and it was kind of like how the hell were they down? Well, they were down in the first half because Radford had that hot two minutes where they made three threes in a row, and that's the funny thing. So Radford makes three threes in a row to get themselves back in the game after VCU briefly had a nine point lead, and they were three for fifteen the rest of the game. They couldn't make anything the rest of the game, and this thing could have got real sideways. But they, but they flip and made their free throws in the second half. 18-22 from the foul line in the second half. And, of course, 
Tomorrow is going to be the debut of VCU by the numbers because we've now played 10 games, VCU has. And I wanted, actually, I could have done it today, but I wanted to wait for this game because I wanted to see what the Ken Palm numbers would look like um, after, after this game. So that's why I'm doing them tomorrow. Normally I would do them on a Wednesday, but I think on game day Wednesdays I won't. Um, and it was, and, and so, you know, one thing that's already been spotlighted in our group is that VCU is one of the most prolific teams of the country getting to the foul line. Well, that's going to continue. They got there 31 times tonight, made 23, but they were 18 and 22 in the second half. And Bruce Stevenson, that's a great point. VCU only takes seven threes tonight. They only took two in the second half. They made both of them. Shot selection was critical. And look at this second half line from them. And we're going to get to why this happened in a minute. 12 of 18 from the field, 2 of 2 from the foul line, and 18 of 22 from the free throw line. Eight assists on 12 made baskets. That's the kind of offense we want to see. And why did that happen? Because after, oh gosh, Ace Baldwin looked 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 like a man that was that was definitely not 100%. Doug Hines talked about it during the game thread. He was there tonight. And he thought Ace was 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 not at full pelt, and it looked like it. You know, first thirty minutes of this game, Ace Baldwin was not looking to pass the ball. When he did pass the ball, it had no zip on it. When he dribbled the ball, it was as unsecure a dribble as I've ever seen. The little guard Giles, who was a pain in the neck all night, he must have he must have knocked the ball away two or three or four different times. And it was like, what in the heck is going on here? And then all of a sudden. The ace Baldwin that's one of the best players in this league returned to us, and he started making beautiful passes. I mean, that's the thing. He has all six assists in the second half. Fortunately, he also had five turnovers. Some of those was getting the ball knocked away, and some of those was, you know, putting a little too much mustard on the hot dog. I'll take the latter. The former was like, who is this person that's inhabiting ace Baldwin's body because it's not him? The latter is he's feeling it passing the ball, and maybe he's feeling it a little too much. But some of these passes he was making in the second half were absolutely fantastic. Johns, Deloach, he was setting them all up. Beautiful. And that is the ace Baldwin. I mean, you look, VCU 26 points at halftime. And they couldn't, I mean, in the first half, I mean, the numbers, I mean, that's one of the reasons, I mean, they were really struggling. They only had five assists in the first half. Baldwin had zero. Uh, and they and they were ten of twenty seven from the field, and they looked like it. They had no idea. And yes, Bruce Stevenson, they played like a team on that twenty three to five run, and that made the difference. And yes, Daniel Carter, they attacked the paint. They seriously attacked the paint. You know, it was eight, amazingly it was eighteen to fourteen in the in the first half in VCU's favor. In the second half, twenty to sixteen, but they just there was so much better. There was there was so much better uh, 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 post entry in that second half. It was unreal. And remember, Radford went to the two three zone just like Jacksonville did, and that and that dog didn't hunt either. Uh, that was the one good thing from Watkins tonight was the eleven rebounds because golly, Watkins made a bunch of bad plays tonight, and he was way out of control. And there's a couple times tonight when he would have had to sit. And yes, yeah, we mentioned that John O'Neill twenty five turnovers. Again, to 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 out 
you will you will probably never see again or hardly ever see a team commit 17 turnovers in one half and outscore the other team by 10. But that's what happened. And, of course, you know, Radford, again, they had that hot little run with the threes, but they couldn't they couldn't hit anything most of the night. They were 11-26 in the second half, and they shot 38.6% for the game. Yes, Jalen Deloach tonight. And, and, again, the frustration with Jalen Deloach is he gets himself in foul trouble when he's cooking. You know, he's 15.711, nearly has the double-double. He has nine boards tonight. I mean, again, that's how you dominate on the backboard when you got, I mean, Watkins and Deloach, 20 boards, Radford, 27 as a team. Absolutely fantastic. But, yeah, Deloach was cooking tonight. His inside game has come along very nicely. And he was blocking shots. And <laughs> the, the play for me with Deloach late in that game when that guard drives in there and turns and thinks he's going to get a shot up and there's – the human man mountain himself, Jalen Deloach, right in his way, and he's no chance. And he knows he's no chance, and he ends up traveling. That was almost as good as a no, sir. Deloach had three of those tonight, by the way. Three of those blocks tonight. I mean, almost – I mean, what a – I mean, this that's the thing. J- Jalen Deloach is starting to stuff that shat, stat sheet the way our old pal Vince Williams used to. 15 points, nine boards, three blocks and a steal. You know, that's, that's really great. Didn't have an assist tonight, which is actually kind of unusual for him because he's usually good for one or two assists a game. But you know what? When they ran the ball through him, that that's that's when this offense was really cooking. Uh, Frank Height saying, big fan of Ace, but stop trying to force those passes inside. Just do your thing. Yeah. I, I mean, Ace, get, uh, one thing about it is when he's feeling it in the passing game, he will try some passes that are about – 10% chance to go through. And sometimes he hits them, but a lot of times he doesn't. But I would rather those kind of turnovers than the kind of turnovers we were seeing in the first 25, 30 minutes of the game where he's just dribbling and the little guard, Giles, just sticks his hands in there and knocks it away. Or he's trying to get the hand off and the defender sticks his hand in there and knocks it away. Or the one at the the one where Nixon thought he was fouled, where he just loses the handle and then gets outfought at the at the at the half court line. And I gotta say this too. Whoever this refereeing crew is, because it's an A10 crew, I hope we get them every game. Because they were consistent. There was a couple of there were a couple of calls that didn't make any sense. But in terms of the physicality, what they the stuff they didn't call, they didn't call all night. The stuff they did, they did. That refereeing crew was a very good refereeing crew tonight. And I ain't saying that because VCU got 12 more shots at the foul line. I'm saying that because, for the most part, they were consistent, and I really, really appreciated it. Well, Corey Parrott, it's the same thing we're always talking about with them. A lot of their turnovers come because their brains are going 5,000 miles a minute. They're thinking four, five, six moves ahead instead of just calming down, running the offense. And especially now that Ace is back, they just got what they got to do. Get that ball in Ace's hands because now it looks like the real Ace, the one that's actually going to run this offense and conduct the orchestra instead of, you know, trying to play two or three instruments is back. Let Ace be the one that calms them down and works this out and 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 gets this offense back into where it needs to get to because that's the issue tonight. 
That that's the problem. That's where these that's where so many of these 25 turnovers come from. Yes, Radford played pretty good defense, especially in the first half. But even in the first half, they only had eight. I mean, the 17 turnovers, I mean, some of it was just ludicrous. You know, people going, you know, one on three and and trying to draw fouls or you know, Deloach, the one that he made the made right near the end of the game where he flips them all over his head to nobody because he just hoped somebody was there. You know, Ace might try that and it might work. That one of his assists, he drives into the guy and he's got the guy, literally his face is in the guy's chest and he's got no other options. So he just passes it on the inside, hoping somebody's there. Johns is there, lays it in. It looks like a brilliant pass. That one was luck to me. Um, golly, but you, yeah, you can't, you cannot turn the ball over 25 times in a game. Uh, it, it's just idiocy. Uh, and, and look, the, the, the amazing thing is the points off turnover, which was killing them in the first half. Um, it was only minus four in the second half, which is amazing considering they had 17, 17 turnovers and, and Radford got 19 points off of it. If anything, Radford's going to kick themselves because VCU gave them enough opportunities to win this game. They couldn't do it. Um, yeah, he was, I, I think so, Corey, but even as good a passer as Jalen Deloach is, that's not, that's not in his repertoire. His repertoire is he's on the inside, he's turning, he's seeing the floor, the ball's over here, the ball's above his head, and he makes the kickout pass, or he slips it this way, or whatever. Him doing this over his head like that, 40 feet from the basket, no. No more of that, please. We're not doing that again. Don't do that again. You know, that that's craziness. Let's also and, and that's the other thing. Let's 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 go back to the foul shooting real quick again. Let's praise that. You know, Zeb Jackson make it all six of them, bunch of them at the end to kind of secure it. And I'll tell you, I mean, I Baldwin got going eventually, but I still don't like 36 minutes for Baldwin. Zeb Jackson. In the first half, the only time this offense looked good is when Zeb Jackson was running it. And he needs to be in there more. He got 16 minutes tonight, and he played alongside Baldwin, which is not the worst thing in the world. But seriously, we Zeb Jackson has been playing well enough that you can sit Baldwin for maybe even some long stretches, which, again, his wrists might need it. He is injured in both wrists, for God's sakes. You don't have to play Baldwin 36 minutes. Really, you don't. You don't have to play Watkins 32 minutes. Really, you don't. Um, you know, John's got 31 tonight, and I'll be honest, I, I, I'm not unhappy with that because he was, he was busting some tail down, down low, him and Deloach both, and that's the other thing. Look at his front line. Deloach, John's 33 points. They ain't going to lose many games doing that. They are not going to lose many games doing that when them two are going like that. And again, without the foul trouble, Deloach could have had 20 tonight. He easily could have had 20. 13 for 20 from the field to combine the two of them. Yeah, Zeb had some really nice assists tonight. Uh, Really, really nice assists tonight. And again, in that first half, when they had the run to get up to 17 to 9, that was Zeb. He was on the floor and that offense looked good. And then the rest of the time until – Ace finally got rolling with the assist. The offense looked terrible. Uh, where was Fats John O'Neill? For whatever reason, he just didn't get in there. And as I've said before, you know, we're always we're gonna have these frustrations every night. There's gonna be guys that we want to see play, 
that either don't get off the bench at all or don't get a lot of time. And, and you hope it's because other players are playing so well that you can't take them out. Um, I think I honestly, I think I wouldn't have mind seeing fats a little bit in the early part of the game when Baldwin was struggling but to be fair, Banks came on and did a good job in his seven minutes tonight. I thought Kern did a good job in his nine minutes tonight. Uh, Shriver didn't do much, really. So that's one of those where you could say, you know, why is Shriver getting 11 minutes and Fats isn't? But this is this is just going to be what happens. And, again, every player that takes the floor for VCU has no excuse. There is always somebody on the bench that can come in. So – as, as Ed Nixon said the other night on, on Twitter in that video, you can empty your tank and then you're going to get some, then somebody's going to come get you and you can rest. Yeah, that was a bad play by Jaden Nunn, uh, the Fallon on the three pointer, especially two in the shot clock. Uh, you know, and that's the thing. You know, being, trying to be calm is also a defensive thing too. Because you get to the end of that shot clock and you're like, oh, we might get the shot clock violation. Let me make a little extra effort to block this shot. And that's how you can get fouls like that at the end of the clock. It's like, look, there. it's the end of the clock. He's taking a contested shot. Your, your teammate's there, got a hand in his face. It's probably not going in. Sometimes it does and it's a dagger. Most of the time it's not. And you can't do anything. And, and, you, and, and if it does, then sometimes you just got to – Tip your cap to the other team and go on. That said, I, I will say that there were there was a lot better in this game than, say, Howard, for instance. Like the Howard game, it just didn't feel like a 10-point win at all. It didn't feel like a good performance. This felt a lot better, and maybe some of that is the fact that finally Baldwin looked like the player that we expect him to be, that we need him to be, that we hope he is. All you know, it, 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 towards the end of the game, instead of what he's looked like since the first wrist injury, which is again not recognizable to the player that 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 we think's one of the best players in this league. The six assists, all of them in the second half. That's that's Ace living his best basketball life out there, and I hope he sees that and says, you know what, we've got players that can score. Deloach and Johns are turning into bucket machines. Watkins, when he's not got his head up, his posterior is somebody capable of scoring 20. Um, you know, and you got to, and Jaden Nunn, I mean, Jaden Nunn's not scored a lot the last few games, but you know what he's capable of. And to me, again, even though he fouls out, Nunn does a lot of s- s- uh, selfless things tonight that helps the team, you know, taking some of the duties, bringing the ball up the floor because, let's face it, Baldwin was struggling with that. You know, playing solid defense most of the time except for that one foul. He needs to make his free throws because it's like uh, Ed said, what's what's going on him shooting three or six from the foul line because he shouldn't – he shouldn't as good a scorer and as decent a shooter as he is, he shouldn't be shooting like that from the foul line. Um, we got – look, Mike Urbanski, we got a lot of stuff to get tightened up before we start conference play. Um. You know, we got we've got two more games. We got we got uh, let's see what's today. This uh, today's a, today was the fourteenth. We got seventeen days until we open conference play with LaSalle, and we still got a lot to work on. There is no question about it. But the, to me, I walk away from this game feeling a lot better about where VCU's at than than I have for quite a while. Um, 
you know, the Vanderbilt game felt good, but we had Temple around the corner and we weren't really going to be sure. Uh, we weren't really going to be sure what, what if, if we were going to back it up. We didn't. And then, of course, we you know, had that horrendous game against Jacksonville. The Howard game wasn't great. Radford was better. It'd be nice with Northern Illinois on Saturday and then Navy next Wednesday if we actually wore those teams out and, and got ourselves into conference play. Um, so, you know, we've got time. We still have time. We still got 17 days until we play LaSalle to try to work some of these kinks out. The biggest thing is, is ace ball, is, is that last 10 minutes, is that last 10 minutes going to be the ace ball one that we see from now on? Because if it is, we can, we can actually be a really good team in the A-10 and, and threaten to do some really good things. Uh, oh, this is interesting. So Doug Hines listened to the post-game show on the radio, which is something I do when I'm, I'm not doing a live video. Uh, said, get used to this ugly play because we will turn it over a lot every game. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> tell you what, Doug, that that don't that don't work for me, brother. <laughs> that that's not that's not uh, that's not going to cut any ice with me, because yes, we're going to have ugly games at times, and we're gonna and we're gonna play how we play. But you can most of those turnovers, you can cut that stuff out in practice. And most of those turnovers are about what's going on in, 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 in between the ears and about being too sped up, being too overexcited. Like Zeb Jackson, the one really bad play he made tonight, he's on the break and he sees Deloach and he's thinking, ah, I'm going to get this thing to Deloach and, and Deloach is going to dunk this. The problem was Deloach is not in any kind of a set position and it's not a very good pass and it ends up a turnover I'm like, Zeb, dang it, what are you doing? And it's like there are, you know, so often this team in transition offense will just get way out ahead of themselves and will commit a silly turnover instead of either pulling it back when they don't have the numbers or waiting for other people to run the floor and you can hit them for the for the for the layup. Like Jameer Watkins tonight, they, they get the steal. And he comes down one on three and every defender goes to him because they know he's not going to pass it. And he's got a teammate in the lane that if he sees him and dumps it to him, it is a dunk or an easy layup. And Watkins turns it over. And at that point, he would have been sitting by me for a minute or two and getting a, getting a minute and a half of my best from him just going like, like what's going on with you? Like wh- what is your major malfunction, mister? I mean, come on, Jameer. You gotta pass the ball. You cannot in this offense, we can't have anybody that's a black hole in this offense. Honestly. You know, Johns was really good tonight, and even he passed it off a few times. Heck, Johns gets the assist on Ace's big three, which kind of really got this team uh, out and away from, from Radford and kind of helped put this game in a good in a, in a good situation. So, and, and, they, and that's exactly right, Doug Hines. They look like they are caught in a rush to score and they get caught up one on three, one on four. And that's absolutely it. And again, it is that hero ball mentality that we all have gone on about in our group, on these videos, on the podcast. Think of your teammates. 
Think of your teammates. Please do it on offense. Think of them. Look for them. Prioritize getting them the ball in a better spot than maybe you're at. Because it's going to come back to you. It's not going to be return void. If you keep, if you pass the ball and set your teammates up, you will get to eat too in this offense. I promise you, you will. You do not have to take it up against three guys to try to get the shot in. And that's Jameer, Brandon, Deloach. That's all of them. That's everybody. It will not be returned void. If you think about your teammates, because they will think about you too, and they will take care of you. A couple of different times tonight, Jameer makes it, uh, uh, excuse me, Jalen Deloach makes a really good play on defense, and we take care of him on the other end and get him the ball. That's what I'm talking about. That's the way we've got to be as a team. That's the way we can turn this season around and still get something out of it. Doggone it. That's the, and that's the thing that, when when Rhodes sits here and says we're just going to turn the way we play, we're always going to turn the ball over. That's BS because that was the thing that held this team's offense back last year. This team last year actually shot the ball well, really well from three, amazingly, because they were selective and weren't too bad from the field either. There was one problem: they were one of the worst teams in the country for turnovers, like in the bottom thirty or forty. So this. That comment from Mike Rhodes on the post-game show, that is a terrible indictment of him and this coaching staff because it can be fixed. Are we going to be a team that only turns it over four or five times in a game? Probably not. But if we can be a team that only turns it over 10, 11, or 12 times, we can be a really good basketball team. We really can. Even after everything else that's gone on this year. So seriously, calm down on offense and think of your teammates. That's what sparked the big run in the second half. All those ace Baldwin assists, all those other guys getting assists. Look, we talked about it tonight. This, you know, when they lost to Jacksonville, Jacksonville had seven or eight guys getting assists. Well, let's see tonight. Watkins won, Baldwin six, Nunn won, Johns Jr. won, Zeb Zeb two, LaWall got an assist, Shriver got an assist. So that's seven guys, I think. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys getting an assist. That's more like it. That is the way we need to be. Yes, Ace can get six, seven, eight, nine, ten assists. But if this offense is humming like it's supposed to, a lot of different guys are doing it. And that is the way it's got to be if this team is going to be really, really good. And there you go, Doug Hines with a little preview of, of... VCU by the numbers. VCU seventh in the country at getting to the foul line, 150th at making them. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know if I can stand a whole nother season like that. It's going to make me want to drink. I can't do that most days because I have to work, because I have to drive a dad gum truck the next day. So <laughs> you, you can't be do, drinking alcohol the night before when that happens. All right, but it's a win. And in a lot of respects, it's better. So Saturday. Northern Illinois at home. Again, ESPN Plus, which means I can re-watch it because it's 4 o'clock. So unless by some miracle I'm an alternate and I don't have to drive on Saturday, uh, you will not be having a live video in here. Uh, you will be getting a podcast that drops Sunday morning after I get home and re-watch the game and all that other stuff. So that is the situation for Saturday. 
if you're out in podcast land and you're here on this Thursday, uh, that's what will happen. You'll get it Sunday. That's when everybody will get it. will be Sunday, hopefully Sunday morning after after I rewatch the game after work and all that sort of stuff. But it's Northern Illinois and the Navy and then conference play. And I'll be honest, after tonight, I'm actually starting to look forward to conference play. I really wasn't feeling that way until tonight. And I really hope that after the next two games, I'm going to be excited for it. Because I'll tell you this, the conference is wide open. Not because everybody's really good. It's because except for St. Louis, everybody's mediocre right now. So there is opportunity for VCU in this A-10. They just have to get their stuff together. And now's as good as time as any because we're going to be we're right there. We are right at the conference season. Last day of 2022. It's right there, right after Christmas. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you all on the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly for the comments. If you're not a member of the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly, join up because we have a lot of features, and one of them is going to one of them is going to be going to start tomorrow. VCU by the numbers, which will be a weekly thing, either Wednesday or Thursday, depending on if VCU is playing Wednesday, where we take a look at the at the net, we take a look at uh, Ken Palm. We'll be spotlighting what's going on with the free throws because that'll be the category that they're nationally ranked in high up in this year. Last year it was defense, field goal percentage defense, and three-point percentage defense that we were constantly looking after. And if by some miracle this team moves into the projected brackets for Lenardi or Jerry Palm, those will be in there too. And little notes and nuggets about the other A-10 teams. So that's what we do in VCU Good by the Numbers, and that will be premiering tomorrow. So thank you all for watching and listening. Uh, thank you for the comments and the good and the bad and the ugly group. Look forward to talking to you all on on. Uh, it'll be Saturday night when I record. Sunday when it drops. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode, or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.